This is Family Twist, a podcast about astonishing adoption stories and finding family via DNA magic. I'm Kendall. And I'm Corey. And we've been inseparable partners in life since 03, 04, 05, also known as March 4th, 2005. In January 2018, our found family journey took us 3,000 miles from the San Francisco Bay Area to New England, where we now live near my biological father, two half-siblings, and their families. We love being near them all, and the adventure continues. Thank you for joining us again on Family Twist. Our guests this episode are Marissa Sullivan and Carol Simpson, who are going to share their very unique found family story. Welcome to the podcast, Carol and Marissa, or should I say sisters, Carol and Marissa? And how does that sound? (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Thank you. Our first intro, Carol. How awesome. Yeah. Is it weird to be referred to as sisters? Um. Not really. Carol was like, she literally signed her first email, I think, your sister. (laughs) She was very, um, you know, because some people can be, can be kind of weird about it at first and it's maybe awkward, but like she was just, you know, Care Bear full, her arms fully extended out. Your sister, Carol, she was, you know, and she also had more time to process it because she knew months ahead of me and she can fill you in on that part. Um, And then and yeah, she just made me, we both just kind of warmed up pretty easily to each other. Excellent. Excellent. So to get started, I, how I found out about uh, you two was I read the uh, article on today.com uh, that Marissa wrote and it's, uh, it was like, wow, this, that, this definitely seems like a good fit, you know, for family twist. I think the thing that struck me immediately was the, uh, the first photo I think in the article is of your uh, parents when they were had just gotten married and your dad's got this um, great grin on his face and he's smoking a joint. <laughs> yes. What a, he had that rascal look on his face and, you know, and we forget now that it's getting legalized everywhere, but it was, that was pretty like badass and kind of, you know, back then that was still pretty right. crazy. That's like, right. yeah. you know, doing hard drugs in front of somebody to a certain <laughs> right. extent. Right. And he just like had the uh, devil may care look <laughs> on his face. Like, Hey, <laughs> I just got married and this is happening. So deal with it. I see that look on Carol's face, my face, our brother, Mike. I think it's, it's carried on for forever. <laughs> that, that sheepish little grin. So in, in that article, you, you know, you talk about, um, you know, how tough it was to lose your dad at such a young age and how you and your brother dealt with it differently. Um, and that you'd always wished you had an older sister, Marissa. So let's talk a little bit about how that happened, how years later you found out you did have an older sister. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for the sake of the story, uh, a, a colleague of mine, um, Rachel wrote it. It was kind of like an as told. And, you know, my story is so, so, so complex. So for her to digest everything and do such a great job. But unfortunately, you know, a lot had to be cut down because nobody's going to read, you know, that's for my, that's a, like a series. Nobody's going to sit there and read my series online. Um, so she did a great job digesting. But I did just want to throw out that we do have other um, siblings. I My dad had a, um, a his firstborn son was Tim is Tim Jr. He is still alive. He wasn't he wasn't so much in our lives, so that's why she focused primarily on um Michael and I because it was just the two of us with my mom Marion and Tim in the house. The others were older. My dad had kind of he had a couple of adopted kids, um Danny and Andrea and our older brother Tim who's a half brother. It was just too complex. It just it just didn't make sense to tell, but I just wanted to make sure that they all got a proper shout out and and I also have a stepbrother and stepsister as well. So, you know, it was just one of those things that the story just focused on Carol, my brother and I, but I just wanted to, to say that because that's important to us. Um, so anyways, yeah. Um, I, I think I'd actually told Rachel, I, I read the, when I was young, I read those like sweet Valley high twin books and I kind of, I didn't even want to, okay. Not only did I want a sister cause I'm such a little brat. I wanted like a twin sister. Like I just wanted, you know, I just thought it'd be so cool. I had always wanted like a twin. So um, I thought, yeah, I just, I was just, 
I, I, I did. I, I did want a sister. My brother and I have this, we still have this, um, we still fight like crazy <laughs> in a way, but we, we kind of, we fought a lot. Like, you know, we were, we were, I'm, you know, I grew up kind of pr pretty much a little brute, a little tomboy. And, um, yeah, it's like, I feel like in a way, like sometimes like my mom was my sister and my friend and my mom and, and yeah, I did, I did want a sister. So I can't wait. And, and sorry, sorry. Um, do you know that meme you guys that goes around and that was going around on social media, like a year or two ago, it said like, if your dad had shoes that look like this, you probably have other siblings out there. <laughs> and there were these like obnoxious, like white leather pimp daddy loafers. And I literally said to myself, I'm like, I bet I do. I'm like, I literally, I, I almost wasn't like, I almost wasn't shocked to be honest. Um, but I was, yeah, I was so, I, as a journalist, I'm the one covering these stories and to have this happen to me was, it just stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> for a bit. I think you posted that and I had seen that too. So, um, probably before I had even reached out to you. So it was kind of like that little internal joke too. Like, yes, you do have other siblings. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And honestly, I, well, I went to go look for myself because Carol was really well versed in all the genealogy. She had been studying it and she had, you know, checked, she had, what is it, dotted her eyes, crossed her teeth, whatever the phrase is. But she had done some heavy research, um, runs in the family, and I trusted her. But, of course, I wanted to see for myself, especially as a journalist. I had to verify. So I did the test through Ancestry. And lo and behold, you know, same exact results. We had a stronger tie than my mom. Like my Aunt Peggy, my, my mom, Marion's sister, was on there. Carol and I had a stronger connection than even like my aunt. So that, you know, it was just, it was just obvious that she was indeed Tim Sullivan's firstborn daughter. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Carol, let's talk a little bit about the fact that you did, you, you knew that you had a sibling out there um, and knew who it was or discovered who it was, but you, but you waited a little while to get in touch. Can you talk about that? Um, yeah, sure. So um, my discovery happened really during the, the pandemic and uh, everything slowed down for us. And I think if it weren't for that, I might not have paid as much attention to what I was seeing. Um, but when I opened the results and there were all of these um, Irish surnames, I knew that something was amiss and I was going to have to do some some research. And um, using Ancestry and a couple of other sites, um, I was able to first um, get in contact with our uncle in, in Ireland, our uncle Jack. And um, so from there, he, he did confirm that, yeah, um, you know, Tim's my uncle, Tim's your, your dad. And we started talking about um, Marissa and Michael. And um, I I had told him then that I don't think it's a good time to reach out to Marissa while she was going through her chemo treatments. Um, I didn't want to um, bring about a shock or do anything that might um, create a whole tailwind in her treatment, um, create stress. Little did I know that it wouldn't have bothered her like one bit. And so Uncle Jack and I decided to not tell anybody in the family until we knew that um, she was at least doing better and healthier. And so I stalked her for a little while and um, she uh, she posted quite a bit and I thought, oh my gosh, that's my sister. She's such a rock star. I can't, you know, I can't wait. And then I told Uncle Jack, and, and he's very lyrical. I said, okay, you tell me when you think the time is right that I should reach out. And um, he dropped these little clues to Marissa and um, to me both. And so I figured out that, okay, now's the time to reach out. And so I had sent Marissa an, an email. And, um, and then she followed up with a phone call. And I remember when she called, I was in the car with my daughter and I recognized her phone number and I answered 
hello, sister. And I hear this laughing and we're laughing and, and her mom is with her. You guys were on your way to the airport to go pick up Michael. And uh, thankfully, uh, Marion took control of the whole conversation and kind of steered us in a, um, in a logical, like, how did we get to where we were? And bless her heart, um, I couldn't ask for a better, I call her stepmom now, a better stepmother. She's just amazing. Wow. That's wild that that's the first conversation. You know, you're in the car with your mother going to pick up your brother and you hear from your father's firstborn daughter. And she's not the best driver. And we were on the freeway, like going over the, oh, St. Petersburg, <laughs> the St. Petersburg like suicide bridge. And um, she was, yes, yeah, she knew nothing of it um, at all. And we to the, oh, Carol and I have, this is breaking news. Carol, I, she heard from um, one of our dad's best friends on Facebook and he did not know. So there's a chance that Tim did not know that, um, you know, you, and you could tell that side of the story if you're comfortable, but just so you know, um, yeah, my mother, she wasn't aware. Cause sometimes, you know, people keep those secrets. Nobody right. knew about Carol. I don't think Tim, our dad even knew, which you know, I don't want to speak for Carol, but that's the hardest part about like, did, did this person, did this dad of mine know or not, mm -hmm. you know? So. Right. Right. Wow. So, um, at, at the, at the time, um, so when my mom and, and our dad met, it was, um, my mom describes it. She was selling magazines and was at a gas station and this black sports car came rolling up into the gas station and this man jumped out and she said, and the doors of the car opened up um, sideways, like, like a DeLorean. So I think it was his friend's DeLorean that he oh was driving. God. And so um, they started chatting each other up. My mom sold him $75 worth of magazines. He got her phone number. She made her quota. So she went out drinking with her girlfriend and, Eventually, um, they met up and, and uh, were going out, but um, she didn't know that he he was already married um, until she she got pregnant um, and then realized, well, this isn't going to work. Obviously, they're both from Catholic families. So um, that's when my mom moved on from Chicago to Kansas City. So, um, it, you know, it's hard to say, um, who knew what and when that was so long ago, but, um, but that is amazing that your mom was able to reach out to him and, and he didn't know either because we had a lot of questions like who, who might've known in his circle of friends and yeah, um, like, did our dad take it to his grave to like, but you know, I, but I would think his best friend. And, and it, Carol wasn't the, the guy that was with him. I'm trying to find, I, I found his wife. We're both like little stock, stock, <laughs> stock. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, I don't know. I just hope that's of some comfort because it's one thing. And like, I don't want to speak for Carol again, but to, you know, it's one thing for someone to choose not to have you in your life, but if they think that, like, if they don't even know that you exist, right. I don't know yeah. if it's harder. I mean, it's like a double-edged sword, but I would think it's, it would make you feel a little bit better that, that it mm -hmm. didn't just completely turn his back, you know? I mean, yeah. it's, it's so common. I, we've heard so many stories now about, you know, people not knowing, not having any idea. You know, it's just, and now, you know, it's, you can't keep secrets anymore with DNA because DNA does not lie. <laughs> But, you know, going back, you know, decades, of course, we didn't have this, you know, consumer technology. And, uh, you know, it's all it's all coming out now. <laughs> yeah, I was so, shocked we didn't have any. We probably will find out um, eventually as more and more people <laughs> upload their DNA. We, <laughs> we joke about it. There's there. probably more. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I keep thinking I'm going to get one of those emails from Ancestry, too. I, don't, I don't, haven't had any surprises in mine, uh, but. Uh, you know, I think my dad and Tim could have been pals. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> they seem like really social, jovial, you know, uh, fun-loving mm -hmm. guys who, you know, like people and, 
Yeah. So <laughs> I'll just this leave it at 60s. that. Sixties. I mean, not to like. I I just think it was just a different time. Even now, right. I mean, the things that people are doing behind closed doors. That's why I try to do my part to. I try to normalize all. Like I'm pretty open about any kind of weirdness or shadiness in my life because everyone has it and they all right. feel like they're harboring this guilty secret and I feel like it affects your health so badly. And that's why I'm just, I just, I, I tell so much truth that people think I'm actually like joking because, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, because they won't, ex wouldn't expect someone like me to share some of the things that I do. And I'm like, no, like I just have no, I don't have any shame really. You know? Well, you know, it makes you a better journalist too, Marissa. I mean, if I think if people are like, well, with, you know, she's willing to be an open book and this forthcoming, you know, you probably um, get people to drop their guard, you know, your, your subjects and stuff. And, oh you know, my, you have no, yeah, you, have, you can only imagine, but they, they've, yeah, they drop their bombs pretty quickly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with me. Give me like, give me like two minutes with somebody. I'll get to like the nucleus of their core. <laughs> that's great i mean that's what makes a, a great journalist so <laughs> thanks and i always say kudos to the people who are you know still working in journalism because i'm i just consider myself semi-retired i mean this is obviously a form of journalism but you know it's it's um it takes a unique individual and a particular skill set to make a career out of it so hats off to you thank you yeah i took a break it. during you know when i was going through cancer and stuff because a, I just didn't care about anything or anyone else but myself. I was a proud, selfish person because I'm like, I don't care. None of this matters right now mm -hmm. because I may not be here. And so, um, you know, I was still, I, I still like love the support I got from everyone. And but just, it just put every, so many things in perspective. I just didn't, <laughs> just so many trivial things that I'm. Right. Um, I just want to teach people like you, you know, not to be morbid, but it's like any day could be, this could happen to any of us. Like any, any day right. could be our last. So I just, I've always just seized the day like Tim. Unfortunately he had a, he, he did evade death quite a few times though. I don't think it, ma it didn't make it into the article, but he survived a small plane crash in San Diego. What? He was on the, I saw with my own eyes, the, um, the newspaper, it was like a local newspaper. It was on the cover. There, there was some, just a bunch of ruins and it, he just walked off like scot-free. He just was doing, he's got all sorts of things. My mom said he like lit himself on fire, like jump in the water. He'd hang from bridges. He'd race. That was in there. He raced just anything that moved horses, cars, boats. Um, so the fact that he made it that far was actually pretty impressive. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> so Carol, but that's what everybody I've met says about him. You know, um, Aunt Peggy, my mom, your mom, Uncle Jack, um, you know, Uncle Jack's wives, they've all said, <laughs> you you would have loved him. He was so full of life, so full of energy that, um, and when they talk about, about him, their faces light up. And that's what is so amazing to have that kind of a legacy that people three decades later, four decades yeah. later, um, their faces still light up when they remember him and, and talk about him. And so I, I already knew I had like these little nuggets, little pieces from everybody that I talked to about what an amazing man he was. I, um, I, I wish I could have met him and I'm fortunate that, that I still, I, I get to know him through Marissa because I think she is, she must be so much like him. That's, um, she's probably the closest I'll ever get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck with you, right? That is pretty true. I do have a fearlessness, maybe not quite to his level, um, but I was pretty. I was like that when I was younger, like big time. I had, I would just, I'd be cackling on the back of someone's motorcycle at 14. They'd be doing like a wheelie down the street with my long hair dragging on the street, and I'm like, wee! <laughs> um, so I had no fear then. I'm, I'm a little more, I'm a bit more careful. Um, I think I'm verbally bold, but um, I I don't, you know, the hard parting habits that were kind of some somewhat like Tim are, are done. <laughs> I grew up with a lot of those, but um, never never an like addictive type thing, but like you know, kind of the hard parting, burning the candle lifestyle, and so sure. I chilled out on that. Just age, cancer, COVID, you know, you know, you name it. <laughs> Learning your right. lesson multiple in multiple directions. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So, Carol, uh, did, was the reason that you did a DNA test because you had some questions about parentage, or were you just doing it for curiosity? What was what led you down that path? Um, I was I was talking to my daughter about our German heritage and uh, what I thought was our German heritage, and I remembered that uh, she had taken a DNA test. Her and and uh, my son and stepkids, and um, I said, hey, well, let me see your um, your results there, and so we opened up her ancestry, and, and I'm like, who's all of these O's and Macs and Shays, and my daughter's like, what is, what is that, and I go, those are Irish surnames, there's like nobody German on here, at least, you know, by surname, <laughs> And uh, she goes, what's that mean? I go, it means I'm getting a DNA test. And if it, so if it weren't for those and the Max and the Shays, you know, I probably would not have, have done that. And that just random conversation. And, um, you know, it, it just probably wasn't time for us to find these things out earlier, but, um, you know, like towards the end of my career and, and after what Marissa had gone through and life slowed down during the, during the pandemic, I think, I think that was the time that was the time to research and learn and um, reinvent yourself. And uh, the, the timing was just right after that. Uh, maybe we wouldn't have seen all of the hints that were out there before in our hectic lifestyles but because of all this we were really forced to slow down and take notice and yeah um, we've all been searching for you Mm -hmm. know like comfort going all this nostalgia even like even in tv and film right now there's all this nostalgia to the you know the back back then back then before all this craziness took over Mm -hmm. um so yeah, I think there is a sense of just people are just going back and wanting to learn more and just do anything to go back in time to avoid right. this crazy world that we're getting. <laughs> that we're, we're, thrust we're still into. in it. Yes, we're still yeah. in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, I mean, it certainly gave us time to reflect. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's been a insane few years. So wow. Um, so Carol. Was it a surprise then that, um, I mean, was it the the parental situation? Was that a surprise? Or if you're comfortable talking about that, like what was your situation growing up? What was your family like? So when my mother left Chicago, uh, she, she ended up in Kansas City. And that's where she met the man who I thought was my father. He knew. He, he knew I wasn't his child, um, but he also knew the stigma back then. And um, he, uh, back then to be a, a single mother with a child, especially Catholic, that was the worst thing ever. And um, so he put a name on my birth certificate. He gave me a father, you know, as far as my mom's family was concerned. Uh, they're from upstate New York, and now my mom's in Kansas City. So they they didn't know the whole story. And um, he passed away in 2004. Mm-hmm. And uh, when my mom finally came clean with me about everything, she said um, that your father, John, said, thank you for not telling Carol the truth because I got to be a part of her life. And then that kind of made everything okay. So, yeah. You know, the why didn't you tell me? Why didn't, you know, she would have taken it to her grave um, had I not found out. And and for good reason. So um, I can certainly forgive her. I can certainly forgive the situation that she was in at the time. Um, she would have had to have go live with the nuns and I would have been adopted out. And this was a way that um, she saved me from whatever would have come from that. So I have to be thankful to her for the decisions that she made. Um, but, and she's very, very happy that, um, Tim's family has welcomed me with open arms. She said, that is just amazing. You, you would have loved him. That's great. Um, Carol, do you have half siblings from your mother and stepfather? Um, yes. So, uh, my younger sister that I grew up with thinking that was my full sister. So now this is my half sister. And, um, so that, that created some, um, a little bit of, of tension there. Um, 
so my younger sister said, well, I always knew you had a different father. And on the inside, I'm thinking, yeah, I did. I did too, somehow, you know, Hmm. you just kind of look back and you're like, there's like, I'm not like everybody else for, for some reason. And then, um, my, my father who I thought was my father had remarried and, um, had a son. So I grew up thinking that's my half brother, but he's not related at all. So our dynamic changed a little bit, but we, we, um, brought it all back in. We had this candid discussion that said, no, wait, we will, we'll always be family. And I'm thankful. And I, I love the family I grew up with, but I also love the family that I'm getting to know and to, to learn about. And, uh, so my, my younger sister just yesterday said, um, she goes, yeah, I went back and read that article, um, that Marissa had. And she goes, I love her already. (laughs) So I thought that was so sweet for her to, for her to say that. Um, so it's, uh, some of that tension, well, most of that tension has, has went away. Good. Well, you know, family has a million different definitions. It means so many different things today. You know, I mean, we, we all have, you know, people, we all have our, our blood relatives and, you know, the people are our close, close friends that we consider family and our chosen family. You know, it's, it's, right. it just runs the gamut. You know, there's no such, there's no, you know, whatever 1950s leave it to beaver you know exactly anymore you know and it's it was kind of a facade even then you know as, as we're finding out you know all these things all these these secrets you know coming to light with dna technology so wow so kara what were you kind of hoping for you know when you did the test like were you thinking like oh maybe there will be siblings out there what were you know to what were you, what were your hopes and dreams with this? Um, to, to find out who my biological father was and to get to know my siblings, like blood siblings that are out there. And, um, we joke about there could be more. And, um, I think, I think Marissa's in agreement. If we, if we found somebody, (laughs) we, uh, I don't think anything could hold us back trying to, to reach out and say, Oh my gosh, there's a, there's another sister. There's another brother. How, how exciting. Uh, calm down. They have to be cool. Like you. They would be. They would be. They would be. like the care bear for everyone. I'm like, yeah, right, slow yeah. Down I'm the there, optimist. How did you two start to bond? I mean, that, that first conversation must have been pretty wild, you know, with your with your mom in the car, Marissa. But, but you know, beyond that, like, how do two sisters who haven't known each other their entire lives start to bond? Well, um, since I was, well, I, I came from during lockdown when I finished treatment and everything. I drove across country. I left L.A. after like 20 years. Um, miss it. But it was, you know, served a purpose. Who knows if I'll be back, but I still go back for work and stuff. But anyways, I was in Florida. My mom is in Bradenton, Sarasota. I was living in St. Pete for the year. And so I was fairly close to where she was going up to visit her son and his, well, now his wife. And, um, they just had a little baby. She's Carol's a grandma too. We, she was going to visit them outside of Charlotte. They live, um, outside of Charlotte, North Carolina. And I just so happened to be going to Charleston in South Carolina. And I'm like, you know what? I was going to just drive. Because I'm like, you know what? Why fly? I love driving. And it was still kind of pandemic-y territory. So I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll just drive. Like, whatever. Um, so I, yeah, I took I took my Jeep all the way up to North Carolina. And I met up with Carol and her son, DJ. and And this is like the coolest part. Like I said, like I had to see it for myself for the um the test. Like Carol's like, oh, X, Y, Z. I, I did all the research, you know, do, definitely do it yourself. And I need to see for myself. So I did. But it was when I met her son. Um, and I could see a little of Carol in like my in Tim's firstborn, Timmy, um, who's around the same age as her. But her son, DJ, looks just so much like our brother, Mike, and like specifically our dad, Tim. So when he walked in, um, yeah, that's when I started tearing up because I'm like, okay, this is like for reals. 
So yeah, we had a, the best night. We went to an Irish bar. We went to this cool rooftop for a drink. And then we went to this Irish bar and everyone loved our story so much. We were so happy and like singing every song together. Carol and I had all the same favorite rock songs, like White Snake and all these 80s like weirdo songs. And everyone loved our story so much that I don't even think we paid for a drink the entire night. Like we had the whole bar just entertained and we have all these videos from the night. It was like, it was pretty epic. It was a lot of fun. And there was no doubt. There was another like check. Okay. White Snake comes on. She's like, here I go again. I'm like, this is my song. She's like, this is my song. And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is the song that I played when I moved to LA. This is the song I played when I moved to New York. Like, this is my song. And she's like, no, 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 this has always been my song. <laughs> it's our song. Just like little things like that were coming up um, that were just, you know, just little crazy little coincidences uh, from two sisters who didn't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Let me see your eyes. Okay, they're they're kind of like mine, but they're a little bit lighter. Let me touch your hair. Let me, you know. We have one but, side yeah. that's droopier than the other, our eye. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so we have that. And she's got more of this little draw from uh, Kansas. Where are you, Kansas City? <laughs> My Chicago accent, thankfully, has gone a little away, but it comes out when I'm drinking. But um, it's mellowed out back in uh, L.A. But now I'm in Queens, New York, so I sound like a, oh, my God. I'm like nauseating when I start, when I have a couple in me, I'm like, oh my God, this accent is coming out. It's like, who am I? I love it. I love it. So from that first meeting, um, was it like a conversation like, I know we're going to be close or like, like, let's make plans or how do you, how does the relationship, um, like, how do you further that relationship beyond that initial meeting? Well, I think the next day, the next day we, we, um, we got up and we drank beer the next morning and <laughs> little hair of the dog that bit us, you know, we had some and, moonshine as well. and had some moonshine. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And, um, we sat outside and, and we kind of got to know each other, um, and our backgrounds, how, how different, um, it was growing up for, for each of us, some of yeah. our experiences, um, might be similar. Some are very different. Me, me being in the Midwest and uh, Marissa being bi-coastal. So, um, yeah, there there's some similarities, but um, a lot of differences. But, but I think there's a lot of um, I don't know character things that are probably very similar, even even growing up separately. Definitely the drive. And um, the need to succeed and and be at the top of our game, uh, that that became evident early on, and um, both having empathy and um, trying to understand where each other came from. So um, it did it did not even feel forced at all. It was just like, okay, this is my sister, you know. It's... <laughs> right. <laughs> What I love well, most I, about Carol, oh, sorry, just real no, quick. No, please, um, What I love most about Carol is, like, I feel like, I feel like innately we're both, like, truly, like, I feel like we're good people. Like, we are good people. We're morally good people. Want to do the right thing. Um, but does she accept a little bad behavior? And has she participated in some as well? Hell yeah. <laughs> so I would say things and she would not even flinch. So th that, I think, is great because... I truly love people. And we all met them. We meet them out. We meet people who are a little stuffy. And maybe we're like, oh, they're probably not going to, you know, they're not going to be so keen on this story I'm telling or whatever. And then they surprise you and they have a little glimmer in their eye or a little smile. People can be different and still kind of be appreciative of, of, of another person's, you know, different side. But like she was, Absolutely. yeah, she, she was non-judgy at all. And I really appreciated that. And, and she let some, yeah, she let some bombs drop from her youth as well. And we kind of, we just, yeah, we were just both very open. Um, and out of the two of us, though, I feel like she definitely is the more of the older sister. She's definitely more like the nurture. I'm a, I think I'm a nurturer. I just, like, for a while, I didn't have time to nurture anyone or anything. Like, even myself. Like, my life has 
crumbled in all areas like so many times. Not only was I going through cancer, but I was going through like a divorce and you know, I'm really vocal. Like it was in the wake of like a pregnancy loss and like you just name it. I just had so many things coming at me just from like the career changes to like relationship changes to cross country moves, then Florida to New York. And then just, you know, just God, I just feel like my life is just always, anytime it's settled, I feel like the tablecloth gets pulled out. Like I'm just, I've, I'm used to, unfortunately, I'm used to it. Fortunately, unfortunately, because I'm very, I'm quite resilient. Um, I almost like thrive on it. Like I thrive on that challenge. So I, I'm just hoping that I finally feel like at ease and at peace and it's a nice feeling. So I, you know, I finally got over my like self-sabotage ing phases <laughs> there's multiple and yeah so hopefully um i am focused and hopefully my life has settled down enough to where i do have more time for my family and for carol but um everyone is a, she's been very understanding i always just say please don't take it personal because i was like i moved to new york i think i lost my job i you know i quit a job last year because of my moral standards that I was just talking about. I was just like, oh, I don't like how this feels here. It's toxic. I quit with like zero dollars to my name. And and I didn't look back. It was terrifying, but you know, and I just, that's what I try to always teach people. It's like, and then these other doors opened up and I started working for like, you know, a top tier magazine. And right. um, so yeah, you kind of just have to take that leap sometimes and not have that safety net, so. Absolutely. No, I, I totally relate. I mean, that's, you know, we, Kendall and I have moved across the country twice now. For, I on heard rims, that. Essentially, yeah, you know, the, yeah the, the second time, you know, being because we found his family. So it's, um, I, I totally get it. And it's like, I, you know, I don't know exactly what I believe, you know, as far as like fate and spirituality and stuff like that goes. But it sounds like a big sister came along at just the right time for you, Marissa. Right. Oh, my God. It just made me tear up a little. And that was exactly the angle. Like, that was why, like, the Today Show. Like, I pitched, like, a year ago, I think. And then and then my friend emailed me, my friend, former colleague, and she's like, hey, do you still want to do that story? Like, um, I don't but funny, your sister. And that was, that was just evident, I think. Like, it was kind of like, you know, this, like, light at the end of the tunnel, like, the rainbow over, like, this horrible, <laughs> just, like, knocked down one after, you know time after time. And then all of a sudden, you know, just dealing with the pain and loss of my dad and then Carol all of a sudden, like magically <laughs> appears. It's kind of like, yeah, I can't be here for you, but voila, here's a sister who can uh, be there for you when I'm not. So Carol, you touched on something that I wanted to revisit. And that's, I think people in, you know, situations like you two are in or people that are in situations where it doesn't turn out so nice. I think having that empathy and understanding is really important because, you know, when somebody either, you know, thrusts this, a discovery, you know, in your face or, you know, it's, it's, it's a mutual thing that, you know, both people, both parties are looking, you know, on an ancestry or 23andMe, it's, you know, you still don't know exactly what to expect. So I think approaching every new relationship with that degree of understanding and empathy is, is really important. And, you know, it sounds like you two have that in spades. Not everybody does, unfortunately. I feel I feel so fortunate. Uh, like you said, I've I've seen so many stories where um, people tried to reach out and were rejected by their biological families because maybe it was a secret that um, family members wanted to keep secret. So there's always there's always that risk. Yeah. Um, but I I will say I did get some help from. Um, the the research team at my heritage and they said you have to reach out to your sister um, and maybe throw caution to the wind and looking back I should have heeded their advice but um, I just I just made the decision to wait until until I knew Marissa was was better and even then I wasn't quite sure like how would this be received? So, of course, I'm I'm ecstatic that my biological family um, was was there for me and uh, receptive to that. 
So right. I, I wish everybody could have that, that same experience that I had. Well, Carol, I think you made a very respectful choice because, you know, as you said, you know, who knows what the reaction would have been. And, you know, you didn't know Marissa as a person at the time. So it's like you didn't want to sense, you know, have her, you know, all of a sudden experience a setback from her recovery by kind of throwing this wrench into her life. So, you know, you couldn't know. So I think that was I think you made the right decision. It sounds like Marissa would have been uh, thrilled to hear from you no matter when, whatever she was going through in life. But, you know. Marissa was partying in Hollywood, like after each chemo, like on Friday. Well, until things got a little heavier, but my doctor was like, go for it. You know, they, it's not, and I don't like to promote it, but have a, you know, I'm just, I just was, I have this, <laughs> I started this charitable business called Breast Cancer Bandit. I've always been this like, ban bandit's one of my favorite words because it just describes me. And I don't really go about life, like, uh, I'm just, I've always been a nonconformist, um, Maybe not on the surface, but I've just always kind of had my middle fingers up. And, you know, I just don't just I believe in balance. And it's like I don't believe in following all these rules and living. You know, what if that what what if those were my last days? You know, I wanted to go to a little party, dress up, put on makeup. So I, I truly I try to help other survivors kind of like I don't tell them, like, go out and drink. But I do tell them, like, don't be afraid to kind of, you know, make yourself feel better. Get dressed up. Try to, like, go out and see how you feel. Don't feel, don't feel guilty. Don't plague yourself. It's that whole, like the guilt thing. Oh, I had a drink. Like, oh, who cares? Like, you know, eat some vegetables the next day. Like, so, you know, <laughs> so yeah, I would have totally been like, I would have been so receptive to her, but I do just that alone just speaks volumes, as you said. Um, and, and I identified that immediately and everyone I tell the story to when I was talking to, you know, to, when I did the today.com piece, immediately the interviewer was like, oh my God, your sister is an amazing person. Like she immediately picked up, like picked up on that, like without even me prompting. And she just like went on and on, like how like amazing that just signifies such an amazing person. Yeah. And that's, that's who Carol is. Cause some people wouldn't think that way. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if they don't, but that's how, how much depth that Carol does have. And I, and, and from my side, um, I, I'm so much of an empath that like for me, cause I felt, I, I wanted, I was living th through it. I was just so like in a way I was happy, but I was sad for her because for me, it's like, oh, I've had my entire life to mourn my father, our father. And, um, and like for me, it was fun. I'm like, oh, I have a sister. Oh my God, I just finished cancer. I'm a survivor and now I have a sister. Wee. And and Carol has just found out, A, that her her dad, who is, has passed, is not the dad she thought um, that he was. Right. And like, and then she finds, she has another dad and finds out he died. Not only does she find out that he's dead too, he died of AIDS back in the 80s. Like what the heck? Right. Like, right. So, and I was just thinking of it. I was just like, God, I wanted to hold her hand, you know, like, cause I can't even imagine all of that. And, you know, she's, she's dealt with it so wonderfully, I think. And she's like, she said about her mom, she's, she had that kind of, she never will have that full closure, but that, that partial closure that her mom gave her, like just saying like how, you know, her dad, she grew up with was just like, thank you for never telling her, you know, cause he truly wanted to be that guy. Right. And so it just shows that he, how much he truly um, loved her. So hopefully that provides solace and forever for Carol, you know? Well, and now she has you, you know, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm not going through crisis, no, I'm well, just joking. I mean, it's, um, but that's why you're there for each other, right? I mean, now you've got, now you've got a, a larger support system, um, you know? Yeah. And we had a girls weekend at, um, so she came and met um, my mom, who's like, oh my God. You think me and Carol are like empath, like Care Bear, warm, nurturing people. My mom is just like, oh my God. She's like the baby whisper. She's just always like hugging people and like stroking their hair. Like she's she's just beaming with love and rainbows. She's so sweet. And she like, she fully embraced Carol. We had such a great time. And um, yeah, with all the craziness going on, like we, we don't get to see each other as often as we'd like, but we are definitely due sort of, you know, 
the pace so far has probably been, you know, hopefully like, like two, two outings, like a year, hopefully more. Um, now that I'm a little more settled, um, and we want to meet up in Chicago, of course. And she, and I'll let you, you can tell the story of meeting, um, our brother, Mike, who I grew up, who's featured in the article. I, I call him Hunter because he used to hunt boyfriends that I, um, was older boyfriends I was dating. So his, I call him Hunter, but everyone else calls him Mike. And we're going to have a little family reunion, hopefully with our uncle Jack, who lives in Dublin, by the way, we didn't get into that, but. And when Carol says he's speak, he's lyrical. She's like not even. She's, that's almost like that's, that's like understating. He's it. a leprechaun. He speaks in like limerick. He he's like a real life leprechaun. He was emailing me all these cryptic like. He, he really is truly the most colorful writer. And um, I was like, Uncle Jack, what are you saying? He's just like he sounds like a Lucky Charms commercial. And <laughs> it was like. <laughs> And then he finally like kind of, I was like, wait, what? Who? Do you have a long lost cousin? Like, who is this person? Who are you talking about? And then like, he sees, he's, he's just speaking in circles almost and riddles. <laughs> From the heavens <laughs> above. And yeah. I know. And then, um, God, he's, he's awesome. He's just entertaining as all hell. But hopefully we can all, Carol went on a quest to Ireland by herself and stayed with Uncle Jack for like a month oh, or wow. so. And had a chance to kind of you know, have that moment of kind of chasing your family, you know, since our, our dad is no longer here, see where the ancestors came from. Uncle Jack has has uh, 12 kids, and, and we've met, like, Marissa, you've met them all, but in that one... I've met, like, 11. Yeah, I think I have one more to go. Yeah, you have one. I've met nine, I think, nine out of the 12, so uh, still working on the rest as as well. Wow. It's a That's great, great trip. <laughs> Well, I was going to suggest that the three of us meet up in New York for a night, but now I'm thinking we almost like if you, when you guys do your Irish, uh, your trip to Ireland together, I want to tag along. Yeah. Yeah. We should start our own, like Carol should be hosting like a genealogy. Like she really knows so much about it. She studied so much about it, but um, yeah, some people aren't open to it, but can you imagine for the people that who are receptive to it, um, how wonderful of a gift it is. And we talked about this. Um, for me, from a health writer standpoint, um, Carol wouldn't have known that a family, a sister had breast cancer, right. which is obviously so important for a woman. For sure. For sure. She didn't know any cancer, you know, any sort of breast cancer was in her family. So that alone is, is, is like a, a big push for people that they should get out there and, you know, suck it up, drink a glass of wine, take a deep breath and see what's going on out there. Right. <laughs> you never know. You never know. And it's. You know, fortunately, we've had, you know, more happy stories on the podcast than we have not happy stories, you know. It's, oh, good. Um, it's, you know, people are connecting every day and, you know, it's, you know, it's all, it's not always going to be fairy tale ending, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. like we, Kendall and I certainly say all the time, well, the, the good is so outweighed the bad. And, you know, on the days where we're out shoveling snow here and missing California, you know, we can think like, all right, but we did this for a reason. <laughs> we're here for your family. Kendall's parents sound like gems. Oh, my God. Are they still with us? So, yes. So his uh, yes, his dad is is here um, in New England uh, and he's got his uh, half brother and half sister from his dad uh, here in New England. Then Kendall has another half brother in uh, the Carolinas. And then on his mom's side, his birth mother is still alive. He's got three siblings on that side. So unfortunately, he is not connected with his birth mother. She's, you know, certainly aware of the situation, but, you know, it's, I won't dig into that for this episode again, but it's just, that hasn't worked out yet. But, you know, who knows what will happen in the future. But yeah, it's been, you know, it's been great. You know, yes, we miss California every day, but, you know, we're happy to be here. I know. I call out Los Angeles is like a drug addict, like ex-boyfriend that you miss that's like kind of fun. He's fun, but he's not good for you, and it's best to stay away. But you just miss him and love him, and God, it is that love-hate love for me. It always has been. I love music so much. I love. I was living in the neighborhood where, like, you know, like Jim Morrison played by the at you know, the whiskey, and like Marilyn Monroe lived in a house across the street from me. I just there's nothing that will fill that like mystique. There's something about like the Laurel Canyon, the vibes there, and I'm not yeah. feeling it here. I'm not a punk girl, so um, or or hip hop really. Aside from like 
some Cleveland, like some bone thugs and some yeah. Midwest <laughs> old school hip hop jams. But I'm more of like that West Coast, you know, Sunset Strip, rock and roll kind of girl. Yeah. So that's kind of what I miss. And so, but I, we get to go back and it's, it'll be there. It'll always be there. It'll always be there for sure. Yeah. We're, we're just, we're setting our sights either on, you know, retiring there or retiring overseas. So. Oh, same. God. I know. There's really nowhere else I really want to go. I've been researching, um, you know, the AZT and HIV, the first treatment. And I didn't. So this was a game changer. I don't know, Carol, I don't even know if I've told you this because I've been so busy. But my mom doesn't have the best memory in the world. And I've <laughs> every time I prompt her to tell me stuff, I learn like a new nugget. So it's like there's all these secrets that are still unraveling. And she's just like, oh, yeah, you're on this clinical trial. Because I always thought that we were brought to um, to another state to get tested because they didn't know how you could transmit HIV at the time, which was true. They didn't know for sure um, if, if my brother and I had it or not. And so we did have to get tested. But we were driving back and forth to Milwaukee, not for, like, these tests. But we were driving because he was on the first trial. He was on the first clinical trial for AZT. And I'm like, okay, hold on. That's a game changer. Because all this stuff in the news with like Fauci and like all, it's just, it's, it's so timely and it's just so interesting and, and, and horrible too. Just like I've, I've done a research paper kind of on the topic and just like how long it took, you know, like President Reagan at the time to even acknowledge that it was a, a, an issue just because it was only affecting gay men and they were keeping it all quiet. But meanwhile, everyone's getting infected and dying and it took them like six or seven years to like address it formally and so there's just so much shady stuff that I'm been <laughs> looking into and I'm going to, I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I may delve deep into it for like a, for a book on that topic and weave that into kind of my life and where I am now. So doctor's still alive, my dad. And, and I found the guy who did the trial, like, you don't mess with me. I, I will find you and I will, well, I won't kill you, but you're going to tell me things. <laughs> So, and Carol will be by my side the whole way. That's amazing. You found his doctor. Oh my goodness. Excellent. Well, this has been, this has been great fun. And I will say um, tomorrow when I'm uh, my sort of like Friday afternoon after work sort of um, tradition thing that I do for myself is uh, a little bit of karaoke. So I'll be busting out some white snake tomorrow and thinking of you. Family Twist features original music from Cosmic Afterthoughts and is presented by Savoir Faire Marketing Communications.